today on The Breakdown. It's a Monday podcast. You know what that means? Crazy things are ahead. And in this case, that's some Jason Kuhn and some Benjamin Pollock. That's right. Benjamin Pollock, he of the top three finish in the World Series of Poker Main event. Just a scant year and change ago, Jason Kuhn, not of a top 10 finish, really, in any World Series of Poker event that we're aware of, but he's had a lot of results. He's really, really good. In fact, he's elite. These guys are heads up in a 25K buy-in. There's a lot of money on the line, and they both have big hands. We're going to talk about this hand right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Loyal listeners will certainly remember what happened last Monday on the podcast. Yeah. We did a live at the bike hand. Right. There were interesting, weird decisions in that hand. Hmm. Uh, this hand has interesting decisions as well, but it's a very different type of thing. Where last week it was kind of like, wow, it's really terrible. Yeah. And this week we're talking about Jason Kuhn, who is one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Pollock, I don't know if he's in that category, but he certainly got really good tournament results. Yeah, especially what lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did really well in the World Series of Poker Europe. Did he even win that, maybe? or you No, know, I think he got second to Neil Farrell. Sounds and, right. Yeah, and he got third in the 2017 World Series Poker Main event and has had other results as well. Yeah. Just a good player. I think he's got an EPT final table or two under his belt. So, yeah, 25K. It attracted 49 players at the Aria Resort and Casino. Ah, very lovely Aria. Yeah, very expensive, but very lovely. Waterfalls and such. And yeah. Pizza. Some decent pizza there. Expensive pizza. It's man. not it's as like, good as Grimaldi's. It's Just like eleven dollar pizza slices, but they're good. No, you know you're thinking That's of the, the win. win. Yeah, yeah, the win has the crazy expensive pizza. The Aria has like six dollar pizza slices yeah. that are pretty good. They're good. Yeah, um, but they're not as good as Grimaldi's. No, just go to Grimaldi's. Just go to Grimaldi's. You fools! Come on, man. I'm hungry now. Me too. Ooh, let's get some Grimaldi. Uh, but we're in Portland, so we can't. Okay, moving on. We should get the a franchise out here. Can we contact somebody? We probably could. We probably could. It's actually an interesting idea, but let's not talk about right. it right now. This idea is for the future. Let's talk about this other thing we're doing. All right. So these two great players are heads up now. And this was suggested by Alex Klaus. Thank you, Alex. Yes, he, Alex. Good hand. He did it on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. Always include a YouTube link and a timestamp. Alex did not have to include a timestamp because this is just a two minute and a half video on YouTube. But if it's like a 43 minute episode, need that timestamp. There's any, if there's anything more in the video than just the hand you want us to look at, include a timestamp. Right. Tell us when it is. And if you want to just tell us when it is, that's fine. But the way the elites do it is to right click on the YouTube video at any place. Yeah. And, uh, and click on that little, little button there that says copy at time. Or what does it say? I think embed. Embed. I don't know. I don't know yeah, whatever. You'll figure it out. You're it's smart. Fine. You're yeah. all smart. You're listening to this podcast. It's not embed, by the way. Yeah. Don't, Go in bed. Don't. <laughs> Can we continue? Because I feel like this is this is going downhill quickly. Well, maybe you feel that way, but it would be untrue. Well, dude, downhill doesn't have to be bad. That's true. Sometimes you want to pick up speed. Don't you want to go downhill? Would you rather be going uphill? I don't understand. Downhill's good. Oh, it can hurt the knees a little bit more downhill. Yeah, but uphill is all the work. Yeah. Downhill is all the fun. This, this podcast is going downhill. That's a good thing. Although no one takes it that way. It's like the word subpar. People think subpar means bad, but actually subpar would be good. It would be good, but in colloquial usage, it does mean bad. Just well, But the thing is, if you say like, man, we're really going uphill now, that sounds bad. But if you say this, this whole project's going downhill, that's bad. There's no, there's no hill that's right. good. No. You've got to just be going straight, apparently. Flat and straight. That's yeah. all there is. Planes. You need planes as far as the eye can see. 
for your projects. Got to move to the Midwest for projects. Apparently. Yeah. The subpar one does irk me a bit. Yes, it should. How did that become a thing? I mean, how is flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? Come on. I mean, I couldn't care less. Wait, I could care less is the way people say it incorrectly. Right. Don't say that incorrectly. Unless you actually could care less. But if you could, you probably wouldn't be saying that. Right. Most of the time. Right. You're like, wow, I'm pregnant. You're like, I could care less. That's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, enough of that. Yeah. All right. So the blinds are 25K and 50K. It is heads up. Yeah. Second place is 269,000. First place is 416,000. Pretty sure these guys aren't the type to make a deal in a spot like this. Well, honestly, it's a six buy-in difference. These guys should not be dealing. They should just be playing it out almost always. And now it's possible that um, poker software for when you're doing a live game with RFID cards hasn't caught up to the big blind ante being a thing yet. Mm. But it does say, and the pot reflects this, which would also maybe be part of the software, that the big blind ante is still 50K, Yeah, which would be a big mistake by the U.S. Poker Open. Grant is so sure he's right about this. And here it comes. Do you You're coming up. That's the thing I was waiting for. Well, don't you agree? Yeah. Don't you obviously think it's true? Sure, I think you're right, but I don't think it's a big deal. I'm not getting on my high horse about it. I'm not preaching to the world about something it, that doesn't really matter. I think it absolutely is a big deal. See, there and, it is. <laughs> wow. This is the part that he hates the most. You're being a dick. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Guys, this podcast is going downhill. If any, uh, if anybody's a tournament director or anything, this is like serious. Big Blind Annie, we both think is significantly better. Uh, mm-hmm. of a sure. way to structure a tournament, but there are some errors still made. And one of the major errors that can be made is not adjusting the ante size for when it's a shorthanded table. Like if there are four or fewer players at the table, the big blind ante should not be the same as the big blind anymore, or else that's just a huge amount of dead money in the pot before the flop. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah, it's hard to argue. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's actually how it is, or it's just the software hasn't caught up to that. It's but. possible there isn't a big blind ante. And in fact, once they're heads up, there's no ante and Pollock just made it 125 to go. It says Big Blind Annie on the thing, though. But yeah, it's possible. Yeah. We don't know because we don't actually see the footage of the preflop action. Right. In case you guys are wondering, why don't they just tell us yeah. what happened? As Kramer would say, why don't you just tell me the number? Well, one of two things happens here. Yes. Benjamin Pollock, who has 4.5 million to start the hand, almost 100 blinds, has two queens and opens to either 100K or 125K. 100 yeah. if there is a Big Blind Annie, 125 if there is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are reasonable heads up when whatever, like 125 seems a little more standard these days, but well, I think we probably have to assume it's 100 though, right? Yeah. I mean, it says big blind ante. Let's it assume it's a big blind ante. So he has Queens and, uh, he's got his opponent, not on the ropes. Coon's got just under 40 blinds, but he's got definitely a big advantage here. Mm-hmm. Queen of hearts, queen of spades. Coon's got ace deuce off two ways to play this one. Yep. What do you prefer? Um, I mostly like a call here. Okay. Um, what'd you say? Okay. Um, I like it because when we three bet, we're just bluffing when we three bet, right? Like if we don't really yeah, want to have a blocker, anything, it's okay to do that. But, um, also like when we, if we just call here, then it, it, on an ace high board, we can check call pretty profitably and do well. And that's a board that our opponent's going to represent a lot. Yes. And so we're going to play it soft and passive. We protect all our calling ranges post flop yep. and stuff like that. So I think mostly I like a call here. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, we can I mean, raise sometimes, though. If we have, like, 15 blinds, we can just ship it. Oh, yeah. You know, but Coon's got almost 40 with 1.9 million here, and he does just call, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I agree. I like it better. Yeah. Pot's 250K. Flop. Ace of spades. Nine of hearts. Six of spades. So sick. Well. They call kings ace magnets, but what are they going to call queens, then? They're gonna can call you call two hands? Ace, same thing? Ace, no, they call ace tractor beam. 
Ace Tractor Beam? Yeah, Ace Tractor Beam. What does that mean? I mean, it, like, it uses the tractor beam to pull the ace to the flop. Like, uh, like, like Han Solo got pulled into the Death Star? Well, the Millennium Falcon got pulled into the Death Star. Was yes. Han Solo not on Was the Millennium? Was other people not on that plane as well? <laughs> <laughs> was other was other people not on that plane as well? Um, I think there were other. There, in fact, were many others. Many, many others. I could name them, but you don't want me to. Are you counting the robots as as? Of course, people? I'm counting the robots as people. Are you counting Chewie as a person? Of course, you are. You should be. You should be. What about all the middle Chloridians or chlor- middle Chloridians? That was not and, yet and introduced blood. into the Star Wars but universe. But George Lucas's mind, they were there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, for those of you not Star Wars fans, this has been a really tough last minute and a half, and we apologize. But. Yeah. What should we do to counteract it? What is something that yeah. we can definitely get the whole population? Like, Star Wars is one part. Yeah. We always, and then yeah. there's like a Venn diagram on the other part. Hamilton? Ice Road Truckers. No, no. Ice road truckers. No, no, no. <laughs> that is a massive overlap between Star Wars and ice road truckers. But Hamilton is like, you know, the, the snooty people. <laughs> <laughs> and Star Wars is not. Star Wars has its own type of snooty people. Right, its own type, but it, that's different. It's a different ki- type of snooty people. You know, Hamilton costs like 400 bucks a seat. A lot of Star Wars fans can't afford to go see that. Yeah. So there you go. We can, let's make some Hamilton That's how much references. it costs to pet one of George Lucas's alpacas. These days. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he, he makes his money now. I know they yeah, sold the Star Wars franchise to Disney. We're four, still on this. For four and a half billion. <laughs> so he needs that $400. Anyway, okay. The flop is good for Jason Kuhn. Ace of spades, nine of hearts, six of spades. There is a backdoor flush draw for Pollock, but you didn't want to see that ace, although it's not a huge part of Kuhn's range. And right. as you said, he's going to have a lot more aces than Kuhn. Of course he is. And he's going to have all the better aces as for sure. Right. So Kuhn checks... I suppose you could lead, but that would be really weird. Makes no sense at all. What do you want to do as Benjamin Pollock with Queens here? I like betting. Okay, why? Because we are normally betting on this board. This is a board we bet on. Um, Because we're heads up, we absolutely can get called by worse hands. This is not a game theory disaster spot to bet. For sure. Um, I understand why someone might check here because of the overcard and we can bluff catch, and that's fine. But I think betting is actually probably more profitable um, there is a flush draw out there. It's uh, ace six nine. Yeah. So there's straight draws and gut shots and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to get check raised. That would suck. But we're rarely going to get check raised on this board. Right. I, I agree. Think. I think even if Kuhn had a draw, he's less likely to check raise this board. Right. I 100 percent agree. It's not a range advantage board for Kuhn. So I think if he had a gut shot or an open end or a flush draw, his most likely action is just to call. Right. Which is good for us. We also get called by all the nines and sixes. Of which mm-hmm. in Kuhn's range, there are significantly more than aces, more than... Right. It, it constitutes more than 66% of his pairs because he didn't three-bet preflop. No question. So, yeah. For all those reasons, I agree that I like betting here. We also have the backdoor uh, flush draw, which will be the second nut flush if it comes in. And we want to start building a pot that way, too, just in case it does come in. Like, no reason not to be betting to build up if we end up making the second nuts or something. Yeah. I agree with all those things. Cool. He bets 115K. Can Jason Kuhn do anything but call? I mean, he can do the Watusi. What's that? That's a dance from like the fifties or something. Is it really? Yeah, I never heard of that one. Not surprising. It's like you're you're all caught up in the big blind ante. How much do they make it? You have no time to study history, to pay, care about our forebears. Forebears? For, no, forebears. Our forebears. That's that's one more bear than Goldilocks ran into. Yep. 
What happened to the fourth one, Jonathan? That's Where's the, the fourth one, Jonathan? That's the big mystery. It's like, the, you know, the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstein Bears or whatever it is? Mm, yes. Do you do or you don't? I've heard of them. So you know the whole story of the Berenstern Bears versus the Berenstein Bears? and alter, There's like an alternate universe theory. But boy, we're really going off topic here. Yeah. <laughs> sure are. Just because I mentioned the Bears thing. Let's just move on. You've had a cough <laughs> for like three weeks. More. You should stop. Having that, working on it's better than it used to be. Uh, you, you need to stop having that. By the time people are listening to this, that cough will be gone. If this but was I'll a movie, dead. you would be dead within a couple oh, of scenes. Especially if I was like Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine always dies when he coughs. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it's tough to find a movie where somebody doesn't die a couple scenes I after know. a cough that I they know. like make a note of. It's funny, like they can be completely healthy. They can be like <laughs> rappelling down a skyscraper, shooting at bad guys. But uh, three scenes later, they just they they say something. They go. <clears throat> and they're definitely going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a natural cause. Like, They'll be in a bed. Someone will be crying at their side. Two scenes See later. you later, Jeremy Renner. I yeah. know you're dead. <laughs> you have cancer, sir. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we've it's got a Monday the podcast. Second podcast of the day. All right. So the actual question that I asked is, oh, yeah. can Kuhn do anything but call here? The answer is no, not reasonably. I don't, I don't think a check raise makes any real sense. Um, no. One, we're saying it's a, it's a range advantage board for uh, Pollock. Two, we are starting to set up game, some game theory disaster situations. They're not entirely. It is a sort of wet board. We can have some draws in theory anyway. Why would we ever check raise this hand? We, wanna, we want Pollock to continue to rep an ace when we have one and hope he doesn't, right? Yeah. If he has a better ace, he's not folding anyway. What are we doing here? It's an easy call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he does that. Great. Good job, Jason Kuhn. You're pretty good at poker. Everyone's doing great so far. We like all the decisions. It's a lot, little different than last Monday. It is. Last Monday, we hated almost all the decisions. And we're like, what story are they even telling? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, you know what's a story that you should tell your grandchildren? Yes. What is it? Oh, um, I just know of one. You said I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how about Polar Express? That is a mediocre story and a mediocre movie, but people talk it up, and it's on every so every Christmas. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not going to tell that story. Okay. How about a different story? Right. How about the story of the Tooth Fairy? Nope. I, oh. don't, I wasn't thinking about that one. Oh, what were you thinking? I was of? thinking about the story of how you used the link in the description to sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Whoa, room. whoa, whoa. Slow your roll there, Padna. Link in what? Whose description? The what description link is of this? this podcast and it allows you to sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. And uh, oh. <laughs> so you'll tell your grandchildren the story of that decision, which, of course, would be a great decision. Well, it would be a great decision. I know a little something about this. Actually. All right. Do you? Yeah. At the, uh, so Nitrogen is a Bitcoin only uh, poker site, as well as casino and sports betting, by the way. Bitcoin is great because it's super fast for you know, withdrawals and moving money in. And but stuff it's not like always great for every site. Other poker sites that use Bitcoin will make you wait up to three days, maybe yeah. four days sometimes to get your money when you want to withdraw because of, I don't know, bullshit. Yeah. And nitrogen takes about 90 minutes. Yeah. They just get it out to you, which is great. The other thing that's actually quite cool. And this is what I was saying. I know, I know a little something about this is uh, at the end of every month, we, you and me actually have a private tournament for people who've used the link in the description yeah. to sign up. And it's a special extra tournament, and it's a crazy overlay, which basically means all this free money is available to people who play in this tournament. Yes. It's a, there's like 1,000 buy-ins guaranteed. Get like 80 people, so that's like 80 buy-ins. There's essentially like nine, over 900 buy-ins just there to be taken yep. for people, just free. Something worth telling your grandkids about. Yeah, you, I mean, assuming you, know, you, you have sort of an uninteresting life besides that. Well... Yeah, I mean, I mean they're, listening, yeah. they're listening to a poker podcast. How interesting can our lives be? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Sorry, 14,000 listeners. <laughs> Grant just insulted all of you at once. Yeah, which, you know, I kind of like doing. Yes. It's fun. And that's okay. Yeah. And they're, he- they're here for it. You know what? They're here for it. Yeah. The, you know what else they hear? The, the choo-choo-chewing of that nitrogen-sforged poker tray, baby. Yeah. Use the link. Get on nitrogen. Get you some poker. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Back to the hand. Jason Kuhn. 480K in the pot now. Jason Kuhn started with 1.9 million, so he's still got a significant stack here, about 1.7 million remaining. The turn is the Ace of Hearts. The board now reads Ace of Spades, Nine of Hearts, Six of Spades, Ace of Hearts. There are two flush draws now, and of course, Jason Kuhn has made trips. This is a disaster for Benjamin Pollock. Yeah, this is a card that you would make you even less afraid of Mr. Kuhn yeah. having an ace. And expect to get called by nines and sixes more, too. And the draws may really feel obligated to call again if we size it well anyway. Right. Assuming we decide. Now, we could just check it back, too, with queens now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but it's like going to be really hard not to pay off on safe rivers. Now, there's a lot of safe rivers, too. So this seems like Pollock is destined to lose some chips here. Yeah. So I wonder now, should Kuhn be leading some of the time here? That's an interesting question. So if he leads, he's hoping to get called by kind of the hand that Pollock has. Or right? like a non-believing King High type hand or right. all the draws that are going to check back a lot of the time here probably. It's not a great story, even though he actually would have trip aces. Yeah. It's not a really good story. So, And because we're, we're vulnerable enough that if Pollock decides not to believe our story and push back, we might actually believe him and fold potentially. Potentially, right? That's true. Because he can, like, if we lead and he raises, all of his value beats us, right? Yeah. So I would hate for us to do that if he just thinks, like, oh, screw you. Don't lead your draw into me when the, the, the second ace comes, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Pollock is the kind of guy who's going to do that. I'm really aware of last Monday's podcast where that's all that happened. Right. Everyone did that the entire time. Um, but this still feels like because our kicker is so bad that, like, the worst kicker, in fact, like, I mean, if he has short bases, he's never folding. If he has a big pocket pair like he has, he's never folding. Yeah. Um, if he has King nine, High, what if he has nine? If he has a nine, he's probably going to call, but he's not going to like it. Yeah. Because he's like, I mean, if he has king nine, he might like it. But if he has ten nine or something, eight nine, he doesn't love it, right? I mean, is Kuhn leading a good nine on the turn? That's what you're basically saying. Oh, that's implying. a good point. You know, that's a good point. It's unlikely that he'd yeah. be leading a good nine on the turn, right? Yeah. Um, this is not typically what players will do. Um, like a player in Kuhn's spot will lead a nine. If a second nine comes on the turn or a six, right. he might lead that because those are squarely in his range much more so than Pollock's. Right. Um, I would just be concerned that this is sort of a, the kind of card where I, I would, I think, I think we make more money overall. Let me say this differently is if we check Pollock checks it back sometimes, right? If he doesn't have trip aces, yeah. um, the board bricks out and we get to rep the misdraw and sort of like a police fold bet. You know, and then he calls us with any kind of hand that he wants, that he would call us with on the turn anyway. Yeah. What do you think? I think checking is probably slightly better. I just am concerned. It's interesting. I'm concerned that Pollock's checking back everything that's not trips. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. If we bet, he's probably just going to call most of his trip aces, right? Is he going to really raise with, like, ace-king even? Maybe he'll raise ace-king and ace-queen. He could. I mean, we're not going to have a whole lot left, actually. If we bet, like, how how big is the pot now? Uh, The pot's 480. Right, so if we bet, I don't know, three hundred thousand, we're only going to have we're not going to have that much back anyway, right? We're going to have like one point two or something. I think Paula can can comfortably raise. Yeah, I guess it's a wet board here. It's a wet board. Kuhn didn't three bet preflop, so that removes a lot of the pocket nines from his range and some of the pocket sixes. You're like, if you have ace nine or ace six, it doesn't matter. And if you have ace nine or ace six, Kuhn's going to check raise the flop 
a lot of the time. I mean, we said it's a range advantage board for Pollock, but I don't think Kuhn has a hundred percent call. He has some check raise, but also like just based on the stack size that Kuhn has. Yeah. And if we have ace, king or ace, queen on this board now, ace, ace, nine, six, and he has a full house, he's just going to get it all. Right. right? Like it's going to be really hard. So why don't we like, we're not going to fold the river. Right. We charge, charge charge the the draws the maximum, but the same point is maybe getting paid off by them when they miss by getting it in on the turn. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. So a raise does make sense if we've got a big So we could here. comfortably bet fold as Kuhn, unless we think Pollock's really going to just go for it with... What if Pollock has draws, so, you know, other kinds of equity, and he's like, you know what? I, this is a perfect shove stack I have now. I just don't believe you. Size. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a fishy story you're telling. You don't have that many yeah. aces. And the aces I have are better than yours, by the yeah. way. I have, I have so many nutted hands, and you don't. Yeah, I think I typically agree with that. It's probably bad to lead as yeah. Kuhn because of all of these reasons. The only concern being that hands like Pollock has or a nine, yeah, we're, not, get, check we're not getting maximum value out of them. It's really hard to get three streets anyway. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I think I think our plan as Kuhn should be, if he checks, we're really happy to have gotten two streets out of this hand. So, uh, hopefully he, call, he calls the river, of course. If he folds the river, we're probably not going to get called much on the turn right. anyway, right? Um, but two streets is like a very reasonable thing to hope for with this hand in this spot. So three streets is asking a lot. It is. Especially out of position. I just don't know how we're supposed to do it. So I I like a check. Yeah. And, you know, Pollock's going to have a lot of bluffs that he might continue with because he's like, well, I have a lot more trip aces than you. I have four or five of diamonds. Like, it's time to bet again. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I think checking is better. We're never folding. Right. He might even decide with, like, his king highs to charge the draws. Yeah. And it's sort of like what you're saying. Right. Like, even though I I may have the best hand, I'm going to, like, price out your equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Kuhn does check. Yep. And Pollock checks back. I yeah. want to talk a bit about that. Cool. So is Pollock really just betting trip aces and better? Is that really his whole range? I mean, he's definitely betting worse also. He's betting a polarized range, yeah. though. Right? But he's he's going to bet his, some of his draws. Okay. I'm, I guess I'm thinking for value. Like, can queens not be part of the value range here? I feel like queens should be in the value range. I was wondering that, too. I'm not sh- It's really close because we're afraid that... The question is, is Kuhn going to call with both a six and a nine if we bet again? I think he's going to call the nine a lot. Right. But if it's just a nine, maybe we can't bet queens here. Maybe that's too much. No, I think we can because if, if like our value combos that are kind of marginal are just basically tens through kings here, right? Mm-hmm. That would just be the entirety of our marginal value range. And maybe the best nines, but yeah. Like maybe, king nine is sort of the plays the same. Yeah, as maybe queen king here. nine. Um, you know, that's a significant amount of combos, but Kuhn also has a significant amount of nines as played so far. Sure. Like quite a few. And he doesn't have a significant amount of aces as played so far. I guess something we might worry about, even though I don't know how reasonable it is to worry about this, is if we bet our more marginal holdings that show down pretty well and can bluff catch pretty well, that if Kuhn has one of the many draws that he can have, because we bet small on the flop, that he may decide he can't profitably call out of position with the stack size, but he can either he can shove. And we might actually fold the best hand sometimes. Maybe we call with queens if we get check shove done. Maybe, boy, that's an inter- that's maybe that's just a spot he just does not want to be involved like, in at all. I think you have to call with queens if you get check shoved on because you're like, congratulations, you didn't raise two pair on the flop right. and now you have a full house. Like, how or you have trip aces? Yeah, but ace deuce. Kuhn would never check shove ace deuce. Right. So what's the ace you could be tri- check shoving? Yeah, there's no ace you'd be check shoving yeah. really. Right. That's true. Could he ever have ace 10 and decide to check shove? No, it's always a full house or a draw. And there's a lot more draws than full houses. Yeah. There are a lot more draws than full houses for sure. So many more. Yeah. Like, 
infinite more, it almost feels yeah, like. Yeah, so I think if we bet, we have to call off as okay. Pollock. So maybe that's why we don't want to bet. We don't feel like playing that high variance. I mean, if you remember, also Pollock is like crazy tight. Remember, Neil Farrell um, yeah. bluffed him. in a, Actually, I shouldn't say he's crazy tight because he called against Neil Farrell. They were heads up for yeah. that EPT or whatever it was. World Series of Poker Europe? Something yeah. like that? World Series of Poker Europe. Um, where... He called with King High pre-flop. He called with King High on the flop. He called with King High on the turn. Yeah. I think on an ace-high board, but he's got King High. King comes on the river, and he check folds. I think your perception of Pollock being crazy tight is entirely based on the main event final table. I think you're right. Where he was in that awkward position of having a medium stack with short stacks around, so he was like getting constantly three-bet by the big stacks because right. he was the perfect stack to attack, and he was, right. had to be careful. Yeah. So I think that's where your perception comes from. I you don't, could be right. I don't you think that's right. true because I also remember from the 2018 main event, he busted Kelly Minkin in a hand where he did not play, or he didn't bust her, but he took a lot of her chips, where he started the hand with 19 blinds, called her min open with king eight. It's like a king deuce four board and check raised, like with the intention of getting it in against her. Interesting. Yeah, that's not tight. No, that's true. That's yeah. really not. That's not tight. That's not careful. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. So I don't think he's super tight. Right. Um, it's probably pretty hard to get 4.5 million in this tournament if you're super tight, too, you know? So... Just a lot of coolers, man. Anyway, I think checking is a perfectly fine play. I just wonder yeah. if we should be betting queens here. I think it's a really interesting question. And you need to, of course, be up against like opponents that are either so loose that they're going to call or are good enough that they sort of think like, well, I can't really fold a nine here that's near the top of my range, so I just have to call. Right. Um, we, I think what we really need to do to figure out if we're supposed to bet queens, and I don't think we should do this right now necessarily, but is figure out how many of our draws, how many, how many, of our bluffs, how many bluffs do we really have here? Because we want it to be about 50-50 with our bluffs and value, give I or I mean, take. from a game theory perspective, but if you're sitting there in Pollock's seat and Kuhn has so few aces in his range, aren't you just really tempted to bet all of your six highs and all of those hands that are in your range? Yeah, I think I think so. Because it's also a wet enough board he can really yeah. have draws on the flop. Or or sixes or nines. Yeah. Where we're like, just fold, man. Right. Just fold. And the, you can sort of threaten the, all, the shove on the river. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we're doing that, then we probably do need to be betting our over pairs. And maybe even... A bunch of our nines, like king nine, queen nine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe, but maybe jack nine to check. And of course we're gonna check back all our marginal stuff on, on the river, I yeah, would assume. I would, I would so. assume. I'd think so. Now maybe maybe Pollock is maybe it's as simple as Pollock has the Queen of Spades in his hand, so he blocks a lot of Coon's most likely flush right. draws, so he doesn't feel as much like he has to bluff for, for the protection reasons and stuff. Just to be clear too, Grant says most likely flush draws, you just mean that's a card that blocks flush draws. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It does. But it's, yeah, sure. That's but, like, fair. there's no hand that's a flush draw that contains the queen of spades that Kuhn is folding preflop. I guess he's probably not even folding, like, deuce 10 suited. No so way. I guess it doesn't For a minute open, he's got all the, spa- all the spade combos. Yeah, all the spades. You're right. 100% of them. All right. Well, it might just come down to the queen of spades. Who knows? Maybe if it's Maybe. two red queens, Pollock's betting again. Maybe. Either way, he checks. Still 480k in the pot. And uh, the river is the queen of clubs. I mean, now ding, we're in Coolerville. Ding, ding, dong. Dong, it's, ding. It's getting a little, a little chilly up in here. Why? Because of the cooler. Do you need heat turned up? No. It's so cold, though. <laughs> so you want it to be cold? I have no preference, really. I'm just noting. Oh, okay. Just talking about facts, which is the temperature seems to have dropped significantly. Like It's kind of like if you saw a giraffe walking on the street, and you're like, hey, there's a giraffe. And right. I'd be like, cool. And you'd be like, no. It's I'm just cool. observing that there's yeah. a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. You're like, oh, is that is it bad or giraffe's dangerous? I'm like, uh-uh, no. It's just there. It's like a fire hydrant. It's a giraffe. What do you... It's just data, bro. <laughs> Take it in. Yeah. Allow it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So this is a bad card 
for Jason Kuhn. This is a terrible card for Jason. Jason Kuhn has how much left now? Like 1.3? No. No, he's got 1.7. 1.7. Okay. And the blinds were what? No, he's got less than that. Blinds were 25.50. He's got a bit less than that, but... He's like 1.5, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, 1.5. Yeah, so he's got 30 blinds. Yeah. Well, okay. I hope this works out for well, red-haired Kuhn. Jason does something that might help him yeah. allow it to work out. He bets big. Yeah, this and does help. And he's betting out of flow. I mean, no, it's not no, really. It's not. No, it's not because Pollock checked back the term. Kuhn bets five hundred into four eighty. This is this is a move that's going to save him most likely, right? Right, and he's doing this, I imagine, with all of his missed flush draws as well, or not all of them, but like a significant portion of his missed flush draws and mm-hmm. some of the straight draws as well mm-hmm. to be balanced. Because he's Jason Kuhn, he's not going to be an idiot, so he's going to. Oh yeah, he's going to have some balance here. Yeah. Um, but what is what is the top end of his range here? Like his value range is it just trip aces and better? Does he ever do this with King Nine? I can't imagine he's doing this with King Nine. He's got to get called by something, right? Does he do it with? He blocks a nine. That seems bad. He blocks kings. That's bad. Does he do it with Queen Jack of Spades? Just made a pair of queens. I don't think he does. Okay. Um, Pollock can have a queen that is better than his King Queen specifically. That's, that's the one, yeah. but it's possible. I'd be a little worried about folding out some of the worst hands now also. It's like a little hard to get called by a nine. Yeah. Not impossible. There was a wet-ish board, but not super easy. And that queen comes, now we're betting big, you know. Like king-queen is a great hand to get called by. Yeah. That, that's, that's a hand that probably may have to call us. Right. At least going to have to think so, about it pretty so hard. So basically we're saying that Kuhn mostly just has trip aces because as played, it's unlikely for him to have a full house. And he's not betting a queen. Is this a good bet by Kuhn? I'm not sure it's a good bet. You think we need to let Pollock bluff instead? I think we need to give more of his range a chance to call. Like, we're polarizing ourselves. Um, and I'm just... Maybe maybe he's got a lot of heroes in him. If he's got a lot of heroes in him, I guess this is a good bet. If he doesn't have a lot of heroes in him, this is probably a bad bet. Mm, I'm going to disagree. Okay. I think that we need to be betting a polarized way here because I don't think we're categorically ever betting a nine. Like when the queen comes. Yeah. We're not just, we're just not going to bet a nine. Right. Right. For any amount. Right. So that just leaves Queens as hands that we would bet less with. Try to get called by worse. Perhaps it has to have queen X of spades, which is like a very minuscule part of our range. Queen six. But even that is almost, well, no, we can have queen six. Exactly. Right. That's it. And even then, are we really going to bet 500 K when we have queen six? I don't be surprising. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah, that, that's kind of the opposite of my point. What is your point? The only hands that we might actually bet that are worse than trip aces that we want to include in our range and we would bet them smaller would be a queen because we're not betting a nine ever. Right. 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 Okay. So it's, I think it's better to bet the polarized amount because of the, all the things I just said. No, but, but why, why polarized versus the same amount we'd bet a queen? Because our, our range of hands that we would bet small anyway mm-hmm. is so small compared to the rest of our range. Yeah. There's no need to include that from the perspective of what Pollock is ranging us as. We might as well get paid more because our range is going to be polarized either way. Okay. Okay. As long as we have, I guess, yeah, and we'll have some bluffs that are the same size yeah. as whatever our queen size is, but not that many. That's fine. Okay. I just don't think we would think about the queen size. Is what I'm saying. But if we have a queen... I'm just saying we all we very rarely have a queen. Right. And if we do, we don't bet it every time. Right. So let's not even think about what size Who we cares make about it. that. Yeah. Let's only talk about this part. Okay. 
Um, but what are we supposed to get called by when we bet 500 into 480 with our trip aces no kicker? We're supposed to get called by hero calls. And I think what I'm saying is mm-hmm. the hero calls are going to call with the same frequency as if we bet smaller. Okay. Because of the queen thing. Because of the queen thing. I mean, why do you think it's the same frequency, though? I, it might not be the exact same frequency, but it's going to be close enough that this is profitable versus betting 200K, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure if I agree or not. I'm really, I'm really, really unsure about this bet. Are you following me, though? I think so. Okay. Um, I just, I'm not sure that all the heroes are the same for Pollock. You know what I mean? And so when we bet this polarizing amount, by the way, I guess, I guess Kuhn is balanced here, right? I'm assuming he's got, or at least to some degree is balanced, right? Um, A lot of players just only bet big when they have it. Now, Kuhn's Kuhn's got it. No, come on, it's Kuhn. I mean, I'm just just talking about it. Um, I guess if he's perfectly balanced, then this is perfectly fine. Or if he's close to balance, this is perfectly fine. He's not going to be perfectly balanced. If he's close, then this is fine. Yeah. Yeah, because we just have to believe we have the best hand almost always, right? Like, right. like if we so hard for us not to have the best hand. If we had a bluff, we would want to bet the amount that we would want to bet with trip aces. Right, right, right. So I just don't, but the question is, would we actually want to bluff for this amount? Like the other way to think of it is, if we have trip aces, we want to bet the amount we bet that we bluff. And do we need to bet this much as a bluff? Is a question I would ask. Like. It's possible Pollock doesn't really have anything here, right? He just checks back the turn after betting tiny. Well, on if the he doesn't flop. have anything, then we'd want to check a lot with our trip aces. Right, but if we have a bluff, I'm talking about if we yeah. have a bluff specifically, um, that's from that point of view, we, we wouldn't necessarily need to bet more than pot a lot of the time, right? We could bet less and still win. And so we maybe, I'm wondering, instead of trying to say, um, I want to match how much I'm betting when I have trip aces, I'm thinking when I have trip aces, maybe I want to match how much I bet when I bluff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But we're I really still, going down the rabbit hole here. Yeah, but that's what we do. Yeah, I still fall back on that. If we're doing it like where we're betting some weaker hands with for less, I just don't think there are enough weaker hands for that to be a factor. I'm not talking about weaker hands. I'm talking about because we have these bluffs, we want to bet the bluffs for less. We don't want to charge no, ourselves so much to bluff. So then we just don't have we don't ha- in this spot. We don't necessarily maybe we don't have a overbet or we have very very few i think we have to in this spot because based on the run out we're basically only betting trip aces the most most of the time or better right Right. that's true that's fair and and trip aces really rates to be best it isn't right now but it rates to be the best hand kind of always yeah so i think we're kind of forced to bluff big and and value bet big here and i think that is the profitable way to think about the situation it does seem like a pretty good time to bluff and bluff big just in case right like betting pot make it hard on a nine yeah or a six or two fives or whatever the hell he has right right so yeah okay anyway i like i like the sizing i'm not sure what you landed on but i do like it i'm i'm still not totally sure but i hear what you're saying i think if if we bet i like the sizing i think checking is fine too checking just to let him bluff again basically yeah we're not going to check raise because we're saying like i have a six yeah oh god that queen uh i have a nine so kun is probably betting because he figures if he's getting bet into it by a bluff um he's not going to get bet into by that that size you Mm -hmm. know versus like getting called by the six or the nine that might check back right yeah so i I think that's probably why he chooses the sizing along with the run out and the story i mean the nine is definitely checking back yeah and so that's what he's trying to get called by it all right and 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 i will say if if pollock has a, a reasonable queen Probably is supposed to call here, right? Yeah, like he's I mean, he's got to call the, us right near the top of his range. Yeah. 
And he checked back the turn, which he's going to bet the turn sometimes. And a lot of the time he's going to have trip aces mm-hmm. with, when he bets the turn. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. All right. So Pollock obviously is not going to just call because he just made queens full on the river. Right. He probably shouldn't just call. We're heads up and Kuhn isn't crazy deep or anything. Yeah. It feels like a really easy. Yeah. We're concerned about ace nine and ace six, I guess. Fine. Whatever. Right. Like, so be it. Yeah. So Pollock moves all in. Yeah. And uh, Kuhn, we think, has used up all of his time extensions. This is a timed tournament, so he only has 30 seconds to act. So he sits there and he says, think fast, think fast, think fast. First thing he says is, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. He just sort of can't believe this just happened. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And then he says, think quick, think quick, think fast. Because he knows he has so little time to make this decision. You know, what sucks for Kuhn so much is that Queen's full is kind of the only hand that actually makes sense the whole way. Right. Like, that's beating him. Right. Now, if it isn't Queen's full, then it's got to be Pollock is slow playing the turn in a spot where you really wouldn't expect him to based on Kuhn's stack size, where instead he should be betting the turn to try and get um, Kuhn all in by the river. Right. Like, right. If, if Pollock had ace-queen, we'd imagine he would bet the turn a lot because Kuhn's going to have to call with his nines a lot and then make a decision on the river, and Pollock yeah. wants the opportunity to win the tournament on that hand. And even if he isn't going to get them all in, because maybe the sizing is going to be a little too gargantuan to really pull that off, you're going to be able to deeply, deeply wound him and almost win the tournament. Like, right. have him almost down to, have him down to like six blinds or something uh, instead of the 30 that he currently has to start this river. I mean, yeah. so yeah, we're betting the turn if we've got a full house almost always. Like if we have two sixes, of course we're betting the turn. If yeah. we have two nines, of course we're betting the turn. I think that is such a dream card if yeah. you have a big hand. You just have to bet it. If you have a full house on the turn, you just have to bet it. So you're right. It's really just queens or some super strangely played full house. But that we don't have to worry the about. The problem, of course, for Kuhn is that there is no value that he's beating no. with Ace Deuce here. Absolutely not. So now Kuhn has to decide is Pollock bluffing very often? Right? That's what we're, that's what I we're think down the, to. I si- think this is where the sizing saves him. Yeah. Because the answer is really probably not when, when Kuhn bets 500K. Now, in order to, because what we know when Kuhn bets 500K is polarized to trip aces are better or a bluff, right? Yeah. So. Pollock, in order to move in over that, has to have a bluff where he's like, okay, this bluff is worse than Coon's bluffs. Like, I can't call because it's not king high right. type of hand. It's like, a, it's like a gut shot, like a low gut shot on the flop, and you're just like, I have a range advantage. I have to move in here. It's unlikely Pollock would do that without a blocker, and it's hard to come up with reasonable blockers here. Yeah. I, guess he could have, I guess he could have a six or a nine and say, like, well, I blocked those, but those hands don't really make sense. No, they played. don't. So now he'd have to have a queen in his hand as a blocker, but that's a hand he can actually call with. He does, never would need to raise a queen. Right, and also Kuhn is polarized to better than a queen for value anyway. Once he moves in. Yeah, yeah no, I'm saying, but I'm saying if he actually did have a queen, he could just call, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so, but I'm saying, so then there's, he doesn't really have any blockers. No. That, so, so, if he, so if he's the kind of guy who's going to make bluffs with blockers, which a lot of these guys are yes. at this level... It's hard to come up with any possible blockers he could have. I can't think of any. Right. So that's a big deal. That really right. helps. Like if it was a spade on the river, if it was the queen of spades, it can't be. But because right. he's got the queen of spades in his hand. But if it was the queen of spades on the river, maybe Kuhn could talk himself into, well, maybe he has the king of spades. I don't think Kuhn bets 500K if a spade hits the river. I agree. You're totally right. Of course he doesn't. So this is just like, if, he, if there's no blockers he can have, and he, and he beats all value, and we don't think he's bluffing almost ever without blockers or at least a really good reason, then we're just beat almost always, right? As well, Kuhn? the really good reason to bluff here is simply that Pollock has a significant range advantage at this point. Massive nutted hands over Kuhn's very much non-nutted hands. Yeah. The question, though, you'd have to ask yourself, as Pollock is, can I get him to fold weak trip aces like he has? Yeah. Is he really going to do that 
for this little bit. He he doesn't have that much left. He's got 20 blinds now behind. It's actually kind of a beautiful spot to bluff because Kuhn yeah. is smart enough to fold weak trip aces here. Right. Like because of, but the range advantage is so severe here. Like, Sure, Kuhn has a couple full houses in his range, but they are incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. It's he doesn't have ace queen. I'm going to say that it's like no way impossible. Basically, no way. he really is really unlikely to have ace nine or ace six, which are his two most likely full houses based on pre flop. Right, but he did not raise the flop. Right, so those are super unlikely. It feels very unlikely. Now he does bet huge on the river, so that makes it slightly more likely. But much more likely than that, of course, is his actual holding. Right. right? Which is the trick. So that makes it just like no matter what you have, kind of a beautiful spot to bluff if you're Pollock. Right. Because it's like, it's the classic who can have the nuts game. Yeah. You can't, I can. So suck it, buddy. Yeah. You know, too bad for you. Yeah. Um, The truth is, though, in practice, this doesn't happen very often, right? Because it still is a big fold. And as Kuhn's reaction tells us something, right? He says, wow, wow, wow. Like it's not an automatic fold for him. And it's not an automatic call either. It's somewhere in, in between. And, also a spot he really didn't expect, of course. He was expecting Pollock to tank and then hopefully call. That's really right. almost always the way that's going to go down, or like an insta-fold. Those yeah. are like the two most likely spots. Yeah, of course, there's still that voice in Kuhn's head, quickly speaking, because he doesn't have much time, yeah. saying stuff like, okay, but what is the value here? Because like Pollock is basically... Maybe Pollock does this with ace-king and ace-jack, but mm-hmm. it's unlikely. He probably just calls. He usually bets those on the turn. Yeah, and he usually also. bets those on the turn. So it's like, well, I guess Paul can have queens full. That makes sense. Yep. For sure. There's three combos of that. Maybe he can have nines and sixes full as well because he thinks when the ace pairs in the turn, Kuhn is just going to fold his draws too much if, if Pollock bets again. He wants to give Kuhn a chance to bluff yeah. the river. And he could get it in with him in theory anyway yeah. on the river, right? He yeah. can get... Well, maybe. Maybe he can get it in with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and again, Kuhn doesn't rate to have an ace in his hand too often because of preflop. Right. So he thinks like, okay, well, Kuhn doesn't have that much, especially if he, if Pollock has two nines. Like, what does Kuhn have besides a draw now? Yeah. You know, except for like the very rare ace. He could bet really tiny on the turn. Yeah, he could. But but at least the story adds up a little bit for sixes or nines full. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And Queen's full makes tons of sense. Still, man, if you got two sixes, like, I know. aren't I know. you betting the turn because you're just hoping he has an ace and he has to call and then you get to make a huge bet on the river and he has to call? Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. So, yeah. I mean, it's so tough, right? Like, this is right at the top of Kuhn's range. We're right near the top. We're not at the top, but we are super close. I mean, if he's folding ace-deuce, he is not beating anything with ace-eight that he's right. beating with, not beating with ace-deuce, but maybe distribution. a distribution thing. He may think to himself, like, the best hand I ever have here is, like, ace-eight. Yeah. Right? Maybe maybe ace-ten once in a while, but ace-eight, really, yeah. right? Um so those hands I have to call because I have to call with something. Right. And then this is actually, when I bet 500K, this is actually the bottom of my, it is truly the bottom of his value yeah. range, right? So he, he should be folding that. He's supposed to fold that. Right. That makes sense. But then the other question he has to ask himself is, that's cool and all, but in practice, like, does Pollock have a lot of bluffs or not, right? That's the real question. Yeah. Pollock has a lot of bluffs we're supposed to call. If he doesn't, we're supposed to fold. That's a lot of it. And it's hard to come up with bluffs. It's hard to come up with bluffs, except just, I have a range advantage. Good luck, buddy. Right. And if he's the kind of guy who does that, then we should already know that as Kuhn and call right away, right? It's like, well, if you got it, you got it. Yeah. Um, sort of like when Van Plew was up against Calvin Anderson yeah. on the bubble, that EPT. And on the turn, when Anderson somehow miraculously makes the wheel and Van Plew's got top, top with ace king, he bets Anderson shoves right on the bubble and Van Plew calls right away with yeah. one pair. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. And yeah. Of course I'm calling, and if you have it, you have it. But I know you're, I know you're the kind of guy who's going to shove this either way. Right. You know, and th- that was cool, even though it didn't work out great for Vamps that hand. No, it worked out 
less than great. Poorly. He started the hand with like 55 blinds. Yeah. It was real bad. Whatever. He got half his buy-in back. It's fine. He got yeah. 8,000. Totally 8, sweet. 8,000 euro. Totally sweet. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. Um, yeah. So anyway, ultimately, Jason Kuhn folds. Yes. Which was the correct fold in the moment. It's probably in practice, even against a very high level player, correct to fold when you size it this big and then yes. he moves in. I think it is. I think this is actually a fold. I think you and I can make this fold too. I yes, think we're capable I, no, of I 100% fold. think I would. The, yeah. The problem I would have is like, am I not high level enough to make this call because they're the range advantage guy who's like, you just don't have enough hands that well, you can call Well, if they're with. the range advantage guy, then we do make the call. Yeah, I just, you're not going to always know. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. But I think I would sit there and say to myself, one, I beat no value. Two, you don't really have any obvious bluffs. Three, this is a super weird line to take with a bluff. Why don't you just bet the turn and try and win there? Yeah. Instead of like when I obviously can't have trip aces and I'm repping it, it's right. really weird for you to, to bluff here. Um, yeah. Also, I put in a lot of my stack. Right. Put in like half my stack here, bro. Yeah. You know, so like that's a weird time for you to bluff if you know what you're doing. Anyway, Jason Kuhnfolds. Yeah. Do you know who won? Yes, I do. It was Benjamin Pollock. Well, that makes sense because he now has a massive chip advantage. Yes. It's hard to come back from that. Kuhn's now left with about a million. It may not have been hard for Kuhn to come back, but he did not come back. I mean, he had a five to one chip disadvantage. At that point, maybe he ended up having a five to one advantage later in the match. I don't know, but I know in the end, Pollock won. The way you said that was kind of like when people are trying to negotiate at a final <laughs> table to make a chop or something yeah. and they want like an even amount of money when they have half your stack and they're yeah. like, you don't know, one hand, yeah. it all f- turns around. That is exactly how, that's exactly yeah. right. I love it when guys do that. Yeah. Take to any, anyone can double through anyone, man. Yeah. Just like, yeah, you have no, you're going to be a short stack in a second. Yeah. It's like, well, not usually. And, and also these chips are worth this much. Give me money. Yeah. Yeah. Or give me more than that. Yeah. Give me more way. than that. Cause, cause fuck you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor. A quitter is what I'm not. We got one life and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make.